This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1092 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of entertaining, helpful hints for horse folks, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horses in the Morning Show's Horse Health segment. Farrier Steve Krause from Cornell University covers the history, advantages, and disadvantages of that ubiquitous horseshoe traction product known to you and I as Borium. And he also weighs in on whether or not barefoot is better in regards to traction. And we'll get right to our tip after this important message from Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissues. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Fantastic. Well, we talked to him just a little while ago with Steve Krause. He's the head of Barrier Services at the Department of Clinical Sciences at Cornell University. Uh, basically, he's like the farrier that knows everything. And we welcome Steve. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you doing today? You must like an intro like that. The farrier who knows everything. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. That perked me up. Actually, I don't know everything. No, I, I know a few. I know I know a few things about a lot of things. Let's put it that way. I'm with you. <laughs> I know a little bit about a lot of stuff. Um, well, Steve, you work at Cornell University uh, in the College of Veterinary Medicine, so you're uh, one of the farriers that actually can work with a vet. Uh, <laughs> so that's nice to have. Uh, now, we talked last week, and we were going to build a little bit more on the discussion and traction, and we just talked to a, a, a listener that's going to be driving her horse on roads in, uh, in a carriage company. So this kind of actually fits with what we were just talking about. Uh, now, talk to me a little bit about what my options are for traction. Okay. So originally, as I started talking about like use of like heel caulk on shoes, which was uh, – Again, we've been shoeing horses a couple thousand years and didn't have any modern materials, so they decided to turn the end of the shoe down. The shoe, of course, had to be a, a longer shoe to turn that projection down to give the horse some traction. And that was done for cavalry purposes, for farming purposes, and so on. The only problem with that is it's the same metal as the shoe is made out of, which is fairly soft steel. And... Um, 
uh, it doesn't have a long-term wearing uh, ability. So, and in fact, there was a time when most of the shoes that you bought, like in back in the 1900s, had a long heel, not a finished heel, so that you can make these projections we call heel cocks. And so as time went on, the idea of putting something harder on there came about, and that came about actually as a product from the oil well drilling industry. And so the term borium as, uh, is tungsten carbide particles that are welded onto parts of the shoe in various forms to provide not only traction but long-term wear. And so borium comes from boring holes into the ground. So that's the, And that's a trade name, so it's actually huh. capital B. Like in, and it's not barium. Barium is an element. Borium is tungsten carbide that's welded on with a steel matrix. So the rod comes with tungsten carbide particles, which is very, very hard stuff. And, and in this mild steel tube, so you weld it on with an oxyacetylene torch. And you have to actually, you know, make a, a molten area on the shoe. And then you weld some of this particles in place. And you can build up studs. You can wash an area. You do whatever, however creative you are, you can do it with the, the borium rod. So borium so, is a trademark name. Interesting. So how how common is is borium and, and maybe where you are? And then uh, what is its use? So, bor- so borium was quite common. Uh, when I, you know, back in the, in the uh, after World War II, 50s and 60s, when it really became popular to give traction and wear on shoes for people that are trail riding uh, alongside roads, crossing roads. And in certain parts of the country, in order to get uh, business, when I first started shoeing about 50 years ago, um, you had to be able to apply borium because a lot of people wanted it. They wanted borium equals safety on slippery ice, snow, um, roads okay. and so on, and I and I can't emphasize enough. It's borium with an O, not barium. Um, right. And well, we use it in the small term, um, be, like just like Kleenex. We refer to Kleenex as right. as uh, something <laughs> you blow your nose in, but it's a yeah. trademark name. You can't call other tissue Kleenex from another manufacturer. The same thing with Chapstick. borium. So the so the Studi company makes oil well drill bits and, and parts, you know, hard-facing for earth moving and so on, and they produce borium with a capital B, and now we refer to other products as borium with a small b. So then, okay. as time went on for driving on the roads, okay, the Amish especially, noticed that the borium particles, even though they're very hard, would shed off. They wouldn't wear away, they would actually fracture away. And so somebody came up with the idea of using tungsten carbide particles with what's called a brazing um, matrix, which is tougher. It's softer, but it's tough. It holds the particle in place, and that's called drill text. And drill text commonly, you see it mostly on Amish horses and, and, and draft horses, but is becoming increasingly more popular for horses on pavement. And you can do the same thing with drill text as you can with borium. And you can build up a stud or several studs. You can wash it across the area. And these are usually larger, chunky particles of tungsten carbide, which have tremendous gripping uh, uh, properties to give, keep a, a driving horse especially safe. And it outlasts borium really well. Let me get this straight. 
So an Amish person cannot use a telephone, but they can have some sort of technical tungsten carbide borium thing on their horse's shoe. The horses win, for sure. It's, act, it's actually it, 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 the, the technology to put it on is pretty simple. And quite often they have welding shops owned by non-Amish applying the stuff to the horseshoes in advance um, okay. in some states anyway. That's amazing. That's interesting. So when I have my event horse and I put his studs in to go out to the cross-country course, I put the studs in and I basically keep an eye on him and I put bell boots on him and I've been very careful so he doesn't step on himself with his right leg, step on his left foot or whatever. Uh, Do you have to worry as much about it with these different technologies as you do with the studs and the if Gorium is put on appropriately or drill text appropriately, it likely won't hurt the horse because most of these horses are, are not galloping or jumping fences. They're on the roads at a much slower gait. Obviously, if you're fox okay. hunting too, Gorium can be used and Gorium was traditionally used as well as drill text in the fox hunting fields until uh, the, the screw studs came along. And what's nice about the screw studs is you can take them out, you can vary the size, um, you can, you know, plug the holes and not have them at all. You can, you know, if it's very sloppy, you put the big studs in. If it's very hard, you put small pointy studs in. So, again, that's more modern um, technology, actually, because you have to drill and tap the holes, and the, the screw studs are available now that, you know, fit in these holes. So, um, you, you, again, everything is according to what the horse needs. But traction equals safety, especially if you're moving at speed. So I have heard from people, and it does not mean that I uh, subscribe to this at all, um, that barefoot horses have more traction than shod horses. Is that true? I would say that's only partially true. Um, It depends upon the terrain, depends upon the horse, uh, but... um, uh, seen many instances where barefoot horses um, do not have as much traction as a properly shod horse. I mean, think about it. Um, if a horse is shod with um, the proper traction on slippery ground, moving at speed, going cross country, he's going to be a lot safer than a horse that has no traction. And yet, you know, personally, we've uh, polo fields are relatively soft, and we have some friends that would come and play polo with us. Um, and that are barefoot, and maybe it works okay where they're from, but when they come to our field um, and it had a little bit of rain, they can't turn fast enough, they slip and slide on their turns, they can't stop as fast, so they're not as competitive. So just because they can do it doesn't make them as competitive. And would you want to ride your horse cross-country or go fox hunting barefoot on a slippery, muddy day. I doubt it. Hell no. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm going to say when some person who says, well, it's not natural to put shoes on a horse. I'm going to say, listen, my friend Steve from Cornell University told me that you're not going to be as competitive with barefoot. Can I use your name? Can I throw that out there? Sure. <laughs> and, you know, if, and if you look at the way, uh, if you go to Europe, you see streets that have uh, all the hills have cobblestones. And he, here in Ithaca, the, the, all the hills were a very hilly town. All the hills are paved with bricks, red bricks. And that was because the horses that were delivering ice and vegetables and dairy products 
were going up and down these hills, and all the shoes that were used back then had heel caulks and toe caulks so they can fit in between these little crevices between the bricks um, or the cobblestones so they wouldn't slip on the hills. If they were barefoot, they would slip. And there you have it. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of Kentucky Performance Products and listeners like you. Learn how you can help support Horse Radio Network programming and qualify for auditors-only perks by going to horsetipdaily.com and clicking on the Become an Auditor banner in the center of the page. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.